All right. How many of you thankful today? I told you guys a couple weeks ago um, that your pastor is a person who is a glass half full kind of a guy. I'm not a glass half empty kind of a guy. So I'm so glad. It is a beautiful weekend in Cleveland. If you have a sunroof and you haven't taken it off your car, like as in taking it down and just get some wind in your hair or get in your face and you haven't enjoyed this, then I'm not sure how I can get you more excited. I, I'm, I, uh, maybe some of you guys uh, don't know this. I actually lived in Texas for a few years and it is blazing hot in Texas around this time of year, and we are like dying with trying to get air conditioning. And so I'm like, oh my goodness, it's July, and it's super nice. It's only 78. <laughs> so God is good. Amen. And, um, you know, as believers, as people of God, and I suspect that is a majority of this room here. We have a tendency to live in a place with our relationship with God that sometimes lacks freedom and sometimes lacks liberty. Let me explain what I'm saying. Sometimes we have this mentality in our walk with God that... um, We believe that God saved us. Amen? And we are so thankful that the past is forgiven. And some of us were like, Pastor, you don't want to know what's in my past. Thank you, Jesus, that he's forgiven me of my past. And at the same time, we are thankful for the future of the hope that we have. In other words, heaven. And uh, we're thankful that um, we have a place to call home. But a lot of times we find ourselves in a place maybe forgetting about today. As I've been praying over the messages here, the, the Holy Spirit keeps reminding me to let our church know that God has a purpose not just for yesterday and tomorrow, but for today. And uh, that there is something that he has for us today, individually and corporately as a body. What you have to do, and some of us, this may be a little hard. You know, if you're not strategic in nature, it's hard to look at something and not be real about it. Whether that's your life, whether that's your family, whether that's your financial statements, whether that's your church home, whatever it is, you look at something and you're like, this is what it is. But sometimes we have to see with God's eyes and we have to be reminded of what the gospel is really about. So I want us to open our Bibles to Galatians chapter 5, verse 16 to 26. And uh, if you have a Bible, turn there. If you don't have your Bible with you and you use your phone, you can open up your phone 
and use the Bible app. Or if you don't have either of those things, you can go ahead and just follow along on the screen. And one of our saints of God, I mean, came up to me and said, hey, pastor, bringing your Bible is important. Just remember that. And I said, absolutely. So if you don't have a Bible, we want to bless you with a Bible today. And if you're saying, Pastor Clem, we don't have, I don't have a Bible, I don't even know that there was an app called the Bible app. Um, we want to encourage you to have the Word of God in your life. I like paper. I'm a little old school, even though I'm new school. I'm a little old school just because kind of something about, you know, kind of feeling the paper a little bit. And uh, there's something about learning about the Bible, and I don't know about you, but I like to write uh, in my Bibles. And so I want to encourage you to be someone that has the Bible somewhere at reach at all times. So how many of you guys use iPhones here? Just lift your hands. Yeah? Wow. Not surprised. It's the thing called the Bible app. It's three I think it's 333 million downloads out there. That's the latest count. And Android users, you don't have to lift your hands. (laughs) Whoever you are, God bless you. There's a Bible app for you too. I'm an Apple guy. I love Apple. All right. Galatians 5, 16 to 26. But I say, Paul is saying to the church in Galatia. Walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. For the flesh sets its desire against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. For these are in opposition to one another, so that you may not do the things that you please. In other words... Paul is telling the church in Galatia that you have these two things happening inside of you when you're a believer. You have this sin nature called the flesh, and then you have this new spirit inside of you saying, hey, be more like Jesus. And these two are constantly at war with one another. In fact, he's saying to the believer right here that the spirit inside of us wants to do what is right, but the flesh is saying, "Uh uh-uh. The sin nature is saying, "Uh uh-uh. Sometimes we get mixed up. We think it's the enemy. It's the devil. But actually, the Bible teaches us that we have a sin nature and we have the new creation, and these are at war with one another. Sometimes there is a real enemy, and the devil is attacking you, but sometimes you are choosing to feed your sin nature instead of the new creation inside of you. So Paul is encouraging the church in Galatia, the Christians there, to do, to choose the Spirit of God at work inside of you. It's that simple. Verse 18 says this, but if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Wait a minute, Pastor. You're telling me right now 
that if I'm led by the Holy Spirit, there's no rules and regulations? There's no membership requirements? There's no attendance tracking? There's no giving tracking? There's no serving counting? There's none of that? You are not under the law. Now the deeds of the flesh or the works of the flesh are evident, which are immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmities, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, disputes, dissensions, factions, envying, drunkenness, carousing, and things like these. Man, Paul has got a list down. I wonder who he was thinking about when he was writing these, which people he was talking about. Of which I forewarn you, just as I've already forewarned you, that those who practice, and that's got to be some, some serious people practicing this stuff, such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. Wait a minute. I thought when we become a Christian and we get cleaned up, I thought it's about keeping the law. How is there rules and regulations for evil things and the works of the flesh, and how is it so free when it comes to love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control? How, how is that without rules and boundaries? You know what surprises me most about every time I read the New Testament and Paul's writings in his books? You know what surprises me the most? That he is talking to church people. He isn't in the town square with a megaphone screaming out and saying to the sinners out there, don't be drunkards, don't be idolaters, don't practice sorcery, don't have disputes among you, be outbursts of anger. No, he's not telling people that are outside the church. He is talking to us. He is talking to the church in Galatia. Scholars believe he started these churches. He's talking to Christians that there's a way to live right. Are you living that way today? In other words, just like I mentioned before, hey, church in Galatia, you made a decision to be Christians He knew that. You made a decision to say, thank you, Jesus, for heaven, but how are you living today? Whoa. Paul, you're all up in my business. I mean, I come to church faithfully. I'm a tither. I not only give 10%, I give 12. I don't just give two hours a month to serving in our kids' ministry. I do... 9.5. 
I greet everybody. I pretend like everything's good, even when I'm having the worst week ever. And Paul is saying, God is concerned about who you are today. Some of us are so worried about tomorrow that we forget about today. Well, God, you know, I really believe that you're going to heal me one day. But what is he doing today? God, uh, I got myself into a financial mess. I opened up too, much, too many credit cards. One at TJ Maxx, one at Sam's Club, one at Home Depot. The list goes on. They said they were going to give me a 10% discount if I signed up today. So I did it, and I got into a mess. So God, I want you to come through and eliminate my debt I'm praying, what's God saying today? What is he saying about your choices today? I think about the famous story of how they train baby elephants in a circus. Have you heard of this story before? Anybody? They take them when they're still small and tie a strong rope around their necks and attach the rope to a secure pole when they're little baby elephants. The baby elephants naturally try to walk away and are stopped by the rope. They pull and push and twist and turn and eventually figure out that they just aren't strong enough to break free of their shackles. So they stop resisting and they just stay where they are. The next time they tie up the baby elephants, they try to break away once again, pulling on the rope to see if they can go free. When they figure out that once again it is futile, they stop pulling and settle down and stay where they are. The same thing happens over and over until eventually when the rope is put over their heads, they no longer pull and push or even try to break free because they know it's not going to work. That's why... In a circus, if you've ever attended one, you see these giant creatures walking next to little tiny human beings with a little rope around them, their neck, and they are in control of the person with the rope. The elephant becomes so accustomed to being held back by the rope that merely the rope itself keeps the animal in check. If only they knew how powerful they really are are, if they only realize by the time they've grown up, even a rope secured to a pole or a person can no longer contain them, then they would know what real freedom feels like. But they don't. In the same way, I'm reminded that there are many people today listening to the sound of my voice who believe themselves to be Christians but are telling themselves they are slaves to their sins today. I wonder if that's really why Paul was talking to the Galatian church. He was not calling them out. He was actually giving them hope, saying, do you realize who you are in Christ, that you don't have to live like this? I wonder if that's why he went so detailed in all the descriptive words about anger and dissension and adultery. Because he wanted to include everybody and said, you don't have to live like this. You can be free. 
It's important to know that the gospel is more than forgiveness. It's important to know that the gospel is more than just heaven. There is a plan and purpose for today. That is the power and presence of God in our lives. There is a purpose for today. When you see Christians that believe heaven and they're thankful for what God has done in the past, but their today is in ruins. Like, if we were just honest for a second and people really knew what was going on in our lives, we would doubt we are Christians ourselves. What is going wrong? I believe that we are living with rules and regulations and not with the true spirit of God. James chapter 1, verse 25 says this, but one who looks intently at the perfect law, the law of liberty, and abides by it, not having become a forgetful hearer, but an effectual doer, this man will be blessed, this man or woman will be blessed in what he or she does. I love the message translation. Sometimes I get into it because the message translation, it brings it into 2018. There's a little bit of slang to it. You know what I'm talking about? In Texas, it's called twang, you know? It says this, before, but whoever catches a glimpse of the revealed counsel of God, the free life, even out of the corner of his or her eye, and sticks with it, is no distracted scatterbrain, but a man or woman of action. That person will find delight and affirmation in the action. In other words, there's a difference between freedom, hey, thank you, Jesus, I have freedom in my life, and walking in liberty. I think as Americans, we know what that looks like. We are proud people. One of the things as an international person that I love about America, about being here, is that people are proud. That flag shows up, and it is like, God bless America. You like that vibrato? Land that I love. And we're, we get it going. I mean, you can already feel it. It's like, where's the ball game and the popcorn? And it's a pastor around. Put the beer away. I know it's real. I've, I've, I've seen the ball games. We get so into this thing called freedom. In Texas, uh, I don't know if some of you guys have been to Texas or not, but they go big. I mean, everything. Like big trucks, big homes, big churches. I mean, big restaurants. Sometimes it'll be like two or three people sitting in like a 150-seat <laughs> restaurant. You're like, what is going on? Like, if you need a four-ton air conditioner, they're going to get 10. I don't know what's going on here, but Texas just likes to go big. One of the things that you see in Texas is these massive uh, USA flags. I don't even know how they would ship that, you know, how they would fold it or whatever. But these are bigger than some homes. And it'll be in random places like car dealerships. And, you know, it's not even like a government building. And, and I always think, yeah, this is a little side note, but how do you like bring it down? You know, how long does that take? Does it take like a line of people, like a tug of war or something to lower that thing? But we love freedom. 
Texans love freedom. And I think as Americans, we get freedom. We want to be free from our sin. But do we understand liberty? What's the difference? Ever wondered? See, the Bible is different. It doesn't just talk about freedom. It talks about liberty. It talks about operating from a place that not only you are allowed to, but you are choosing to. See, we have freedom in this country. We are allowed to. We have rights. How many people say, I have a right to vote. I have the right to post things on Facebook. You also have a right to get sued. Just tell it, just saying. Just be, be careful where you post things. Things can get crazy. But in the kingdom of God, it's not just a right to be free. It is a choice that we get to live in freedom. We are not one day waiting to be made perfect in the image of Christ in heaven. That's awesome. That is great news for us to be in heaven. We are changing right now to be more like Jesus today. That is the difference between freedom and liberty. That is why there's no rules and regulations for the fruit of the Spirit. Because the fruit of the Spirit comes where there is liberty. Why? Because whose fruit is it? The Holy Spirit. Is it something you're doing? Is it something I'm doing? Can I get more love in my life? Can I get more patience and force it to happen? Can I read every self-help book out there and be to every conference and go to every church service and actually have self-control and faithfulness part of my life as a Christian? No. Because it is the fruit of the Spirit of God. It is not the fruit of you trying to be like God. It is not the fruit of your doing. It's because of Him. So what a way to live like in today's world. Well, imagine if Christians just decided, if we were going to live every day excited about what's going to show up today. I love business people, uh, a lot of business people, even the ones that are not churched or away from God, whatever you want to call it. They love waking up in the morning, like 4.30, 5.30. I don't know what conferences they go to, but they tell them, like, the early worm wins the prize or whatever. I don't believe that at all. You may win breakfast, but that's about it. And you can have breakfast, you know. I wake up early because I have to. I've tried for decades, I feel like, to wake up early, and I just don't. You know, some of you guys are like, Pastor, I'm always late. I'm trying, I'm trying. Set your alarm and your clock to an hour, you know, ahead. You'll be on time to everything. <laughs> you will. So when it's actually 10 o'clock, you think it's 11 o'clock, you'll be on time. So I, I kind of, I can relate there, you know. So I have to train myself to get up in the morning. I have to train myself, you know, on Sunday mornings, I wake up 5.15, 5.30, around that time. Part of it's like, because I'm like all jazzed up and I can't wait, you know? Like, what are you going to do, Holy Spirit? 
But part of this for my life has been, the Holy Spirit's been teaching me, that's got to be every day. So this week, I implemented this in my life, this talk, this sermon, this teaching, this preaching, this whatever you call it. And every day, I told the Holy Spirit, I wonder what fruit's going to show up, what part of the fruit is going to show up today? So I was surprised. Different people needed different things. I needed different things. I was at Starbucks yesterday, and they were taking forever (laughs) on my drink. And I did a mobile order. You know, you get your app out, and in advance, you put an order on your mobile device so that you can save time and get busier, (laughs) like you have enough time. So I did that. I got stars being deposited, rewards into my Starbucks account. I get to the calendar and it's not ready. In fact, I saw the person taking the sticker, the barista, taking the sticker and kind of looking at it. I said, that's my order. I ordered before I came to the store. Why is it not ready? And the Holy Spirit said, boom, he has some patience. (laughs) I didn't even have to try. And all of a sudden... I'm just, this is so weird to talk about like this because I'm a very logical, rational person. I'm just smiling at the person. In fact, it's kind of awkward. It was so awkward that they asked me, hey, sir, everything okay? I said, everything's fine. Just take your time. I'm going to be right here. Walk back to my seat. Sat down. What's amazing is I didn't have to force anything. It's, it's, it's amazing what the Holy Spirit can do through your life if you're not trying. That's good. If you're wondering why you're grumpy and you're upset all the time, do you have the Holy Spirit part not only of your walk, but is he in the filter? Are you seeing things that he's seeing? The pathway of fruitfulness, the pathway of fruitfulness in your Christian journey, it starts with freedom and grows in liberty. It starts in freedom. It says, thank you, Jesus. You remember the time that you gave your heart to God? Remember those feelings like, wow, the love of God, the freedom, the hope. It's so exciting. And then time goes on. Have you wondered why your Christianity is kind of waning? Kind of not so great. Pastor, as the years have gone, I've kind of lost the excitement. Could it be that you're not growing in liberty? You got freedom down, but you're not walking in liberty. That's why we need to grasp the gospel. And that's why Paul wrote this book to the Galatian church. Because life is more than just living for heaven. Life is more than just looking at the past and thanking God for his forgiveness. There is fruitfulness today. Some of us are wondering if you need to leave the city of Cleveland for your life to be more exciting. Uh, Cleveland, you know, it's kind of a rough town. Cleveland's kind of a boring place. There's not much to do around here. I don't think so. I just got here. Yeah, how many places do you guys have to eat? <laughs> what more do you need? <laughs> do you know how exciting downtown is? See, but when you're living for yourself, you're just wondering what's in it for you. 
Well, when you have the Holy Spirit engaged, every day is exciting. Every moment's exciting. Every opportunity is exciting. The fact that your review was bad may be kind of exciting because you're wondering if God's going to take you to another place. <laughs> you have a terrible boss. And yes, it's exciting, not because you like being yelled at. Nobody likes that. But there's an opportunity and a moment maybe that you could influence your boss's life. And the Holy Spirit could use you without even opening a Bible. The book of Galatians can be summarized into three sections. It's simple. It's so funny how Paul, he writes letters. You know, I wish the Bible was more expanded to, to show these kind of things. He tells the church in Galatia, hey, let me teach you the first thing. This is the gospel. So he talks up to chapter three. He tells everybody. He reiterates, this is the gospel. And the reason why he was doing that is because the Galatian church was starting to get a reputation where the Jewish Christians were trying to make the Gentile Christians do things that were Jewish traditions. In other words, I hate to be kind of graphic about this, but the Jewish Christians, the Christians that were Jews before, that became Christians, they were telling the Gentile Christians, hey guys, you got to be circumcised. Grown men being lined up saying, hey, hey, I know you made a decision to follow Jesus, but you got to be Jewish too. How many times do we need that reminder in our church walk, in our church leadership, in our church strategy, that we need to stop telling people how to be cleaned up? We need to stop telling people who are far from God you need to be like me. You need to get your act together. Did you see what you're wearing to church? Did you see you're cussing all the time? You're not changing. You need to go to church more often. We're telling people not about Jesus, but we're telling them about church. And Paul reminds the Galatian church, hey, this is not what it's about. It's about the good news. It's about the gospel. So what is the gospel? The gospel is grace, it's life, and good news. And guess what his name is? Jesus. Colossians 1.6 says this, this same good news that came to you is going out all over the world. It is bearing fruit everywhere by changing lives. Just as it changed your lives from the day you first heard and understood the truth about God's wonderful grace. Oh boy. Do you remember that moment when you gave your heart to God and you were so thankful because it was free? God didn't charge us. There wasn't a $16.99 special and wait, if you call right now, I'll double the offer. You get twice the amount of grace. You remember that moment when you first came to God? In his timing, by his grace, the freedom in your life? So why is it that we're requiring people to be more Christian, really, more like a perfect church member? We are not in the business of cleaning people up. The Holy Spirit is. We are in the business of sharing God's wonderful grace.
It's a tough crowd. Do <laughs> you believe that? It's funny how the Holy Spirit changes you from the inside out. You would be shocked when you extend God's grace into someone's life that's not a believer or who is struggling with faith. How your life becomes an example and how they change. I didn't say this to the first service. The Holy Spirit just dropped this into my heart. If you look at your life and you look at how many sermons you remember, maybe three, top five, maybe. You remember all the points? Do you remember my sermons from two weeks ago? (laughs) But tell me five people who has made an impact in your life and in your walk with God. And you can probably name them. Maybe it was 10 years ago. Maybe they're no longer attending this church. Maybe they're in a different city. Maybe it's a preacher on TV, whatever. You can talk about the person. The good news was never about us cleaning up people. It was about sharing what God is doing inside of you. You are handing to others what has been freely given to you. It is not yours to keep. It is not yours to say that you earned it. It is yours to give away. The second thing that Paul talks about is the freedom that the gospel brings. He says, you were once a slave and now you're a son or daughter. You were a slave, but God has acted for your freedom. Galatians 4.4 says this, but when the fullness of the time came, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, so that he might redeem those who were, what? Under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons and daughters. We're all adopted. We didn't earn this. Why? Because he sent his son. Why is this important? Because in verse 17, Paul explains, it says, it's for the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish. This is why we needed God. This is why we needed his son. Because nothing we do can ever help us attain adoption. God freely gave us his son. The second thing I believe that some of us need to realize today is he sent his spirit into our hearts. Not only did he give us Jesus, he sent his spirit into your heart. When you accepted Jesus, do you know that his spirit now lives inside of you? In your heart. Galatians 4, 6, it says this, because you are sons and daughters, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Wow. Do you know that keeping his precepts is more like responding to a good father? I don't want to just keep the rules and regulations, God. I actually want to please you, Dad. I don't want to be out of line, not because it's the rules and that's what this is saying, and I don't want people to know, but I'm actually trying to listen and not displease my father. For those of us today that you're feeling like it's disappointing, your father, I'm here to tell you 
God is saying, the Spirit of God lives inside of you. Here is the second thing for us to, to do. Third thing, sorry. The book of Galatians says, talks about the fruit of the Spirit. Now, some of you guys are probably thinking, Pastor, that's the longest intro I've ever heard in my life. I haven't even got to the message. We haven't got to sermon notes. Why are you doing that? Because I think sometimes we got it all mixed up. I think sometimes we expect us to engage the fruit, us to be more loving, us to be more joyful, us to be more patient, us to have more self-control, instead of saying, I need to understand the gospel, what the good news is, I need to understand what the freedom and liberty means, and then fruit shows up. This isn't about pulling ourselves by the bootstraps and turning over a new leaf every year, but both flesh and spirit are at work in us, and we choose which one is stronger. So what are you feeding today? Are you feeding your flesh and wondering why you're choosing the wrong things? Or are you feeding the fruit of the Spirit? There are no limits to a limitless God. There's none. Therefore, he has made a path that has limitless fruitfulness and freedom to walk in his ways. So today, real quick, if you're taking notes, how many note takers do we have in the house? Come on, wave at me. Wow. Man, you guys love your notes. Paul teaches, gives the Galatian church three things in our scripture focus today, and I want to share that with you, to walk in real freedom, real freedom, not just making it a couple of days, a week, six months, and then turning back, but real freedom today. He says this, walk in the Spirit. Verse 16 says this, Paul says, walk in the Spirit and you shall not, what, fulfill the lust of the flesh. Walking represents pace. It represents rhythm. It represents a kind of movement that actually takes rhythm. My father-in-law actually loves to walk. In fact, last week, I was FaceTiming Audrey, who's my wife, and Aria was there next to Audrey, and I could see my father-in-law doing these like one-mile laps around this park. And he would just keep going in circles. And, And right when he got to where Audrey and Aria were, Aria would try to get his attention. Be like, Pappy, look at me. Pappy, there's Pappy. And and, uh, Pappy would just begin to keep walking. I don't know if you exercise much, but they tell you that the first 20 minutes of your exercise, what does it do? It gets your heart rate up. So in order to burn calories, you just don't go crazy for the first 20 minutes. You actually get your heart rate up and get a pace and a rhythm so that you burn your calories. Okay? Sometimes in our walk with the Lord, we don't learn that there's a rhythm. There's a rhythm in, in, in your relationship with God. You can't just show up once a week in this rhythm and expect God to do mighty things in our lives. It doesn't work that way. There's a daily rhythm. There's a daily presence. There's a daily responsiveness. There's a daily seeking of who he is. That's why he says, walk in the Spirit. He didn't say run. Come on, some of us are like, give me the checklist. We'll just hurry up and do this whole Christian thing and try to... No, he didn't say run. He could have said, be still in the Spirit. What did he say? Walk. 
We have got to learn how to find your rhythm. Ezekiel 36, 26, and 27 says, A new heart I will give you, and a new spirit I will put within you. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes. I love that. He said, A new heart I will give you, and a new spirit I will put within you. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes. It is a cause. It happens. It's a natural response. It's not something you force. There's a rhythm. And when you engage that rhythm, there's a cause that happens. And you become more like him. So how do we walk in the spirit? We walk in the spirit when our desires that are produced by the spirit of God inside of us are stronger than the desires created by the flesh or the enemy. And this is why Paul says in verse 17, for the spirit, for the flesh lusts against the spirit. Do you know the side of you that wants to do these things and move away from God? It actually lusts against the spirit. And the spirit against the the flesh. It's like this battle going on. Some of us, maybe new Christians, you're like, Pastor, I got the freedom thing down, and this is exciting, and then next week showed up, and I have this thing going on inside of me. Am I just hearing things? There's like a real battle going on inside of me. Do I need to read the Bible more? And I'm here to tell you, find your rhythm. Walk with the Spirit. Feed the Spirit of God, and you'll be surprised that the other side of you just starts to dwindle. And you start to recognize and you're saying, all right, my flesh is dying. My flesh is dying. The more I'm choosing to walk with the Lord, my flesh is dying. Second thing is this, real quick. Follow the lead of the Holy Spirit. Follow the lead of the Holy Spirit. Verse 18 says this, but if you are what? Led. Come on, repeat that after me. If you are led by the Spirit, read it with me. You are not under the law. The enemy and the flesh appeal to our performance-driven mentality. Come on, if you're a leader in here and you like checklists, you you may sound like this. I need to be more loving. I need to be more patient. I need to be more kind. I need to be more disciplined. But that's anti-gospel. The gospel stands in the face of our work-based mentality and reminds us that we can never love, we can never have love, we can never have joy, we can never have peace apart from His Spirit. That's what the gospel teaches us. So who's leading you today? Is it the Holy Spirit? Is it your best friend? If you're a Christian in here, is it John MacArthur? Is it Bishop T.D. Jakes? I love him too. Is it Stephen Furtick in Elevation Church? Is it these great tools and resources out on the internet? Or is it the Holy Spirit? I often tell myself this one nugget 
every day, God, I'm going to have these tools and these resources, and I love study Bibles, and I love software. I love the internet. I love the Bible app. I love all these things. But I hope I don't start to worship them and believe that real life change is going to happen in my life. So if you find yourself in a place where you're being led by other people and other resources outside the Holy Spirit, I can tell you right now, it's only going to get you so far. Eventually, you're going to have to answer to Jesus whether he's leading you or not. I love this quote from Andy Bannister. It says this, to follow Jesus means picking up rhythms and ways of doing things that are often unsaid but always derivative from Jesus. So in order to get this rhythm with God, in order to be led by the Holy Spirit, I don't need to look anywhere else. I need to look to who? The source, the Holy Spirit, the source, Jesus. So here's a key thought for us. Is the Holy Spirit taking root in your heart? Has he taken root in your heart? Are you a follower of Jesus today and you're like, Pastor, I made a decision seven years ago to follow Jesus and I really haven't been living a fruitful life. Could it be that the Holy Spirit has not taken root in your heart? We got to recognize the source of our fruitfulness. Some of us want to be more like Kanye than Jesus. Uh oh. Young people, I can't hear you. Some of us want to be more like Beyonce than the Holy Spirit. Some of us worship Oprah and what she says more than we read it in the Word of God. We've got to recognize the source of the fruit that's being produced in your life. Verse 19 to 23, and they're going to put this up. Kurt's going to put that up on the screen. He says this, now the works of the flesh are what? Evident. Our life is evidence as to what's going on inside of it. It's simple. They're adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, Hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfishness, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murder, drunkenness, revelries, and the like of which I told you beforehand, just as I also told you in the times past, that those who practice such things, he said, practice. You may fall for a second, but if you're practicing these things, you will not inherit the kingdom of God. Don't get mad at your pastor, please. It's just the word of God. But here's the, here's the good news. That's what I love about Paul. There was always good news after he kind of went a little, you know, he cut to the heart a little deep. It's a little bit of good news. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness. Man, I need some long-suffering in my life, Jesus. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such thing, there are no rules. For years, I used to think that the fruit of the Spirit was something I needed to show in my life. The truth is, if this is my heart, I need to take the tree, which is the Holy Spirit, and allow Him to build roots into my heart. As He starts to build roots into my heart, guess what's happening? 
the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Imagine if I had a picture, your heart, and the Holy Spirit is a tree, and He's being planted into your life, and it's beginning to take shape and form, and there's starting to be nutrition, and you're allowing your heart to be the soil that the Holy Spirit can do something. The master gardener can do something, and there's fruit coming. For some of us, it's quicker. <laughs> some of us, it's overnight. For some of us, praise God, it takes a little bit longer. But you've got to allow the Holy Spirit to set roots in your life. Truly, truly, I say unto you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth, Jesus says, and what? Dies. It remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Wow. That's the complete opposite of what the world will tell you. The world will tell you, you need to go do. You need to go get. You need to go be famous. You need to get things in your life in order. And the gospel teaches us, uh-uh, you need to die to yourself and allow the Holy Spirit to come into your life. And then he'll do something special. Amen? So what categorizes your life? I kind of dwindled it down. I got a little gentle on us today. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Okay? The works of the flesh, I took out all of the crazy sins that we would all say, I don't do those things, Pastor. I put in these. Hate, indifference, despair, anxiety, impatience, rudeness, evil thoughts, unreliable, abrasive and harsh, always interrupting people. You always have to talk first. <laughs> you're not even talking to people, you're actually listening to what you want to say once they're done talking. Undisciplined. The fruit of your heart is directly tied to what or who has set roots in your heart. That's the reality. There is a fruit that's coming out of your life. You cannot just not engage the Holy Spirit. There is a fruit, and our lives show it. They are evidence as to what we've allowed to set roots in our heart. Amen? There are no limits to a limitless God. If we allow Him, there are no limits to what He can do through your life. God can use you. I don't care what you did last night. God can do, use you. If you allow him to set roots, just plant a little bit today, and you learn to choose what he's telling you to do, there are no limits to a limitless God. He's made a path for us that has a limitless fruitfulness and freedom. Let's close our eyes, bow our heads today, no one looking around. I just want to read this over us today as we close our service. The crucifixion of the flesh is not dependent on experiences, however different they may be. Rather, it is contingent upon the fact of God's finished work. Those who belong to Christ Jesus, the weak as well as the strong, have chosen to crucify the flesh with its passions and desires. You say you still sin, but God says 
you have been crucified on the cross. You say your temper still persists, and your spouse can attest to it, but God says you've been crucified. You say your lusts remain very potent, and there are things that are happening in secret, but God says that your flesh has been crucified on the cross. For the moment right now, will you please not look at what you've done, but listen to what God is saying to you. If you do not listen to his word and instead look daily upon your situation, you will never enter into the reality of your flesh being crucified on the cross. Disregard your feelings and disregard your past experience. Right now, God can pronounce your flesh crucified and it will be so, but you have to simply respond to God's word. Not to a person, not to feelings, not to music, but to God's word. What is he saying to you right now? What is he showing to you? What is the Holy Spirit showing to you about the choices in your life right now? Will you allow him to be part of that? When God tells you, and he can tell you this right now, that your flesh has been crucified, our answer should be, Amen. 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 My flesh has been crucified. Amen. My flesh has been crucified. Father, you hear the words of your people. I pray right now, through your spirit, that you would do something supernatural, supernatural, things that they don't expect. I pray right now for community to come around people that are struggling in their faith and to build them up and to remind them the purposes of God for their life. I pray right now for secret sins to be exposed, not for the exposure, God, or for people to judge them, but for light to come into dark places. God, I pray right now for those that have given up on their faith, that are just existing in their relationship with you, going from Sunday to Wednesday to Wednesday to Sunday, but don't have a thriving relationship with you. Would you meet them where they're at? Holy Spirit, give them faith if they're lacking faith. Do what only you can do. If you're here today and you're far from God, I want to ask you a question. Would you allow... Jesus to be the filter of your life. I can't tell you that life is going to be fine. I can't tell you that everything's going to be okay, but I can tell you that He will never leave you and He will never forsake you. You may go through some trials, you may go through some pain, but God is with you. It's not about heaven or hell, friend, it's about living life with and for and on purpose and God has a purpose for you so that's you right now and you're listening to sound of my voice and you're saying Pastor Clint I I kind of feel that I, I don't know what's going on I'm not used to this I'm not used to what I need to do I just want you to expose your heart expose your decisions and say Jesus I make you my God I make you Lord of my life 
my decisions in your own way to speak to him from your heart not just your mind the Holy Spirit will do something special in you right now right now Holy Spirit do new beginnings right now in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus we thank you for your word God and we align ourselves with you right now I want us to just stand up if you can and uh, real quick we're going to dismiss in a couple minutes in your row I want you to stay in your row if you can I just want you to grab the hands of the person to your left or your right or either or okay and we're going to do something different today we're going to do a little something a little different it's not going to be anything crazy we're just going to pray for one another before we leave here's the thing you know sometimes it is the spiritual things sometimes it is the Holy Spirit coming into our heart but we also need a community and uh, I want us to know something as a church as individuals sometimes you need other people in your life sometimes things are overbearing to bear by yourself sometimes you do need to go across to the section that you never go to and say hey brother hey sister um, I'm hoping this will be in confidence and I'm trusting and it needs to be in confidence I need your help I need your help to be a better parent I need your help to be a better follower of Jesus I need help in my finances there are people here that are business people, guys, that know what they're doing. We want to help you. So right now, just close your eyes. And in your own words, I just want you to pray for the person to your left, to your right, whatever it is. Just pray for them. It doesn't need to be complicated. It doesn't need to be special. It just needs to be something that you're praying for. Father, I thank you so much for each person, for our community, for our church. For New Song Church, not just for the future, not just for what you've done in the past, but for today. We thank you for this moment, Lord. We thank you that in this season, you are present with us individually and corporately in the name of Jesus. Move in your people's lives. Speak to us in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Let's put our hands together for what God is doing in our midst. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for what you're doing, God. Holy Spirit, we thank you.